0: Welcome to our Through the Bible study here on Bible In-Depth Network with Alex. In our study, we look at the context of Scripture and how it applies to our daily lives. We also believe that there's no limitation to the revelation of the Word God. Let's study together today. It's yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe, Hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has met. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for a time of the study of the Word of God. And here we study the Bible. We aim to study from the book of Genesis' to Revelation. We completed the Old Testament, and today we want to continue with our study of the book of Matthew. And we are on chapter 18. That's why I want to continue today. Chapter 18, verse 12. And it tells us, What do you think? Who is asking? Jesus is asking. It's interesting that he always gave uh, his disciples some moment to think. No, it's not good to lead people who do not think. It's not always good to be the one that is giving all the instructions and the other parties do not have anything to put on table. So he is asking them, what do you think? And now he's asking them about something that they know he's asking them about something that they are used to in the palestinian region and that concerns shepherding because that was an activity that they used to do as the people of israel and also entirely as the people who were living in that region of uh, israel and the palestinian region at that time now the question is asking what do you think and then he brings the scenario. If any man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go and search for the one that is straying? Yeah. He is asking about something they know of. He is asking or prompting them to think about a scenario they are well accustomed to. And he is saying, if somebody has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go and search for the one that is straying? A shepherd has concern over each and every sheep that they own. A shepherd has great concern over each and every sheep that they own. And they do not look that, okay, I already have the 99. Even if I lose one, I don't lose much. No, they don't look at that. They are interested in each and every one of them. And when we were studying Psalms 23, we handled this in detail about a shepherd and about their flock. And we saw that he even goes to the level of knowing the name of each and every one of them. So, The shepherd is interested by the time he knows the name of each and every one of them. Clearly, when one of them is lost, there will be great concern. And I know uh, from the Bible, as we study or as we learn, the followers or the people of God are considered sheep. And that's the case today. Still, they are considered as sheep. You are called sheep and the leader is the shepherd. And there is an issue here that Jesus raises that is key. Now, in this case, he's talking to the shepherd. In this case, the, the light is on the shepherd. That you've got all these sheep, all these people that God has entrusted you with, all these people that are under your docket. If one of them goes missing, do you care about them? Or you come out and say, As long as I have the 99, the one can go. And as far as these people were concerned, of course, uh, when when they were taking care of, of, of sheep or flock, they used to do it in groups. So he does not leave these 99 unattended to because there are other fellow shepherds that would be handling their own flock. So he would tell them, you know what? Take care of these as I go and look for the other. Because you do not do that alone. You don't do shepherding alone. You do not do leadership alone. You look far beyond that, that you should be able to have interest in one that is lost. And when you're having interest or looking for the one that is lost, there's somebody who is taking care of these 99 that you're leaving behind. Some of them were called hirelings, but also them in their communities, as they did their, their shepherding. They had people with flock. They had people with groups of flock. So when you're going out to look for that one that is lost, you would come out and tell uh one of the shepherds around, taking care of the flood, you know what, take watch for me as I go out to seek the one that is lost. It is important for us to work together. You it can't be a one man army, it can't be a one man leadership, it can't be a one man head. And running affairs, you're the one who is in charge of the administration. You're the one who is in charge of the preaching. You're the one who is always on the pulpit Monday to Sunday. You're the one who prays for the sick. You're the one who casts out demons. It is only you. And with such a mode of leadership and shepherding, when one gets lost, there is no way you can run out to to find them. There is no way you can pick interest to get out and find that one that is lost because you're so occupied. But a true shepherd we will tell those that they lead with. We will tell fellow shepherds, you know what? Take care of this for me as I go and seek for one. And that is a very big issue for us today. Because people who fall away, they considered anymore. All when people fall away, we're like, they didn't trust God enough. They didn't listen to the pastor enough. They were not focused enough. They were not concerned about the things of God enough, so it's okay they can go. But Jesus tells us the one that falls away is one that you should have great interest in. The one that falls away should be the one that you focus on. Because this is 99, as we read, Father, if it turns out, verse 13, that he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 which have not gone astray. There's a key word here, that these 99 have not gone astray. But we will look at people who have stabilized in Christ, who have matured in Christ, and give them the center of attention, while those who have fallen away, we cast aside and say, they didn't listen enough. They are disobedient. They do not want the things of God. We have preached for uh, uh, for uh, about the, this. We have talked about this for decades and years, and still they do not change. So let them go. But Jesus is interested in that one, and he says that these ones, these ninety-nine, they've not gone astray. They are together. Yeah, they are with the rest. They are safe, or less, much more safer than the other one that has gone astray. When somebody falls. Of the things of God. It's incumbent on us as shepherds. To look for them. It's incumbent as shepherds. To take the extra effort. It's incumbent upon us as leaders. As those who brought them to Christ. To go out and look for them. Because. When we find them. The Bible says. We rejoice over it a lot more. You rejoice over A lot more. And this brings us to the fact that everybody is important in the kingdom of God. Every single person is important in the kingdom of God. Everyone in the kingdom of God is very important. Because you might think that because you have a hundred people or a thousand people, then the one does not matter. When we are preaching, when we are speaking the word of God, when we are doing ministry, each and every one is important. And it doesn't matter how many might be listening. Even if it is one person, that person is important. Give all you have. Give all the best. Do all that you have to do to perfection, irrespective of the number of people that are out there listening irrespective of the number of people that are in the congregation. If it is one person, preach to them like they are a thousand. If it is one person, give your all like they are a thousand. Prepare, go seek the Lord for that one person because each and every one is important in the kingdom of God. And he brings it to us here that that one sheep that has gone astray, that has run off, is so important for the shepherd. Because it is that one that may bring joy in your life. And Jesus here, he's telling us that when you go out and find that one, you will rejoice more. Reference to Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 2. I will read it. There is a warning that goes out to the shepherds. And this warning goes out to everybody that is in charge of God's people. Everybody that God has placed in leadership in a certain way for his people. And he says, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God to the shepherds. Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Now, God was sending a message to the leaders of Israel. What characterizes of them, we are being told here. They feed themselves. It is about themselves. yeah. And he says, should not the shepherds feed the flocks? I mean, the shepherd cannot get out to eat when the flock have not eaten. The shepherd does not pick interest in their own life before the life of the sheep have been attended to. And that is important because your life is given out as a shepherd for the ministry. Your life is given out as a shepherd for the work of God. Your life is taken up by the sheep because they daily need your attention. And he says, you eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened. No, have you healed those who are sick? No, bound up the broken. No, brought back what was driven away. No, sought what was lost. But with force and cruelty, you have ruled them. Listen. God is saying, what have the shepherds done? He says, you have not strengthened the weak. You've not gone out to that person who is in a diastete, falling, struggling with fornication, struggling with adultery, and told them, get up, you're not going to live like this, get up. You've not gone out even to the weak, literally, one who is physically weak and sick, and told them, get up. We're going to help you, do not do not fail. Somebody struggling with an addiction, and you say, you are weak, but I'm here. I'm going to hold you up. And he says, you have not healed those who are sick. Is it the duty of the shepherd for the healing of the flock? As far as the scripture says here, he says, you have not healed those who are sick. There has to be a deliberate effort for the shepherd to get out and pray for the sick. Of course, the healing belongs to God. But with you, it starts. With your laying of hands, it starts. With your prayer, it starts. With your seeking God for the healing of the flock, it starts with you. And you get out and you pray for them and you lay hands on them. But then there comes a time like this, which is being spoken of here, that they cannot lay hands on the sick because they don't want to touch them because they seem to be so Uh, probably low in class or dirty or they will they, they will infect you you need disinfectant as you touch people and pray for them then there is there is disinfectant for your hands because you've touched germs these people might make you sick but it is your duty to get out there and lay hands on them and pray for them that they might be healed how will they receive healing if they've not been prayed for? That is the work of a shepherd. You've not bound the broken. You've not brought back what was driven away. And things drive people away from churches. Things drive people away from God. And it is your duty as a shepherd to bring them back. Not to drive them farther away, but to bring them back. And you've not sought what was lost, but With force and cruelty, you have ruled them. With manipulation, with force, with abuse. Spiritual abuse is too much in the church today. And that is how Jesus is describing here and saying, God is describing here in Ezekiel uh, 32 and 34 and describing and saying, this is how shepherds act. So he says they they were scattered because there was no shepherd. Literally, somebody might be there, and they're the leader, but they're not shepherds. Because he says here, there was no shepherd. The one that was there was doing all these things we've read about. Eat, feed themselves, eat the fat, clothed well with wool, Yeah, slaughter the fatlings. The shepherd is there, but in the real sense, there is no shepherd because the role of the shepherd is clear. The role of the leader is clear. There are places where there is an individual, but there is no shepherd. There are places where there is a leader, but there is no shepherd because the shepherd has a job description that has been outlined for them and they have to do it. They have to follow it. Yet the flock see nothing of that. And when there is no shepherd, the Bible tells us here, and they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. The moment there is no shepherd in your life, you fall prey. The moment there is no shepherd in the life of God's people, they fall prey to the beasts. They will come and attack them in the night. They will come and beat them up. They will come and claim their lives because that's what beasts do. They come to kill, to steal, to kill, to destroy. And one of the reasons why God's people suffer, why God's people are killed, why God's people are destroyed, why God's people are tormented is because there is no shepherd. They may be people who stand in authority, but they do not shepherd the flock because when it comes to a shepherd, it is much more intimate. Actually, it might be very difficult to have tens and thousands of people and you are the shepherd because a shepherd can only handle a few. A shepherd, there is a number of sheep that would be beyond that that can be handled. That's why God sends out many laborers because the harvest is plentiful. So he will send out many. They are not all supposed to be led by you. And it is okay when you split them up and you've got a congregation that is too huge that you cannot individually, by the time you cannot tell the names of each because a shepherd will know the name of each. And I know today's teaching may be a bit out there, but we are reading the Bible. We are following what the principle was as far as the shepherd and the sheep are concerned, and if we are saying that we are the sheep and our pastors or our leaders are the shepherds, then this should apply to us, because if a shepherd, as we read about them in their culture and read about them in the Bible, knew the names of each and every one of their sheep, then I, as a shepherd, should know the names at least. That is one of the things I should know. And when the group grows so large that I cannot handle it anymore, then there the trouble starts. Because when one gets lost, I will not know that they are lost. To go out and look for them. When one is sick, I may not know that they are sick. But those that I know by name, those are my people. Those are my sheep. I will know them by name. And I will look for them and I will say, where are you? What happened? What happened this week? How did it go? Where are you ailing? How may I pray for you? Where are you weak? How may I stand with you? Because that is what is demanded of a shepherd. My sheep wandered through all the mountains. And on every high hill, yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth. And no one was seeking or searching for them. God is concerned about his people. And to you who may be listening to me today, God is concerned about you. You might have been left behind. They might have said, there's nothing more we have to do with you as a ministry. You go, and you've been wandering out there. And you've been out there and moving about and wondering if God is concerned about you. But God still here calls you, my flock. And he sees you as you're scattering across the world. And he sees you as you're wandering across the face of the earth. And he has great concern for you because he says, you are my child. I have good news for you. There are shepherds, but there is a great shepherd. His name is Jesus. He's interested in your life. It doesn't matter if all the rest have abandoned you. Jesus does not abandon. And let me tell you, that is the greatest shepherd of all because all these other shepherds speak from him. All these other shepherds speak authority from him. Actually, all the shepherds function by the authority of Jesus. Without his authority, we can do nothing. And now that is the one that is there for you. You who has been out there and you're scattering and you're wandering out there and about and you feel like hope is gone and you feel like your life is finished and you feel like your weaknesses have brought you to the knees. I want to tell you today that Jesus is there. He's the great shepherd. He does not leave. He does not forsake. He does not throw apart. He does not cast you away. He's interested in you. And if you have interest in him, he will pull you back and say, Come, my child, come to me, all you who are broken, all you who are heavy-hearted. If the other shepherds were not able to handle that, I will handle it. That's the word Jesus gives you today. What have you been going through? What weaknesses have been claiming your life? What is that that has seemed like it's going to claim you? you feel like there's no more hope. You have a great shepherd. And his name is Jesus. He does not abandon. He does not throw apart. He does not cast away. He is interested in you. He brings you to his side. Even after everybody has left you. I want to let you know this. Even after everybody in the world has left you. Even if you do not have any more friends. They threw you out. Jesus is interested. Even if your family threw you out, Jesus is a shepherd who does not throw out. Actually for him, for the one that is lost, he looks for. And today, by this voice, he may be looking for you. And you had forgotten about him. And this is the voice that he's using today to tell you, I'm concerned about you. You who is scattering in the world you who is wandering in the world you who has been torn apart by beasts you who has been wounded by beasts the shepherd when they would find this sheep that had wandered some of them would go through stones and they cut them and they hurt them and they're bleeding when they would find them some of them have just escaped some of the worst of the beasts of the field and they're they're limping and they're bleeding Those he would pick, the shepherd would pick and go and anoint them with oil and go and patch up their wounds and go and clean them up. And after he has cleaned them up, he will see them recover. And one day, that sheep that was limping, that was wounded, will be running again. And that is what Jesus does for you. That is what Jesus is interested in concerning you. You, the sheep that was lost. You, the one that had scattered and wandered about. He's finding you today. Broken. Limping. Beaten by the world. Beaten by the affairs of this world. Bleeding. And today he patches you up. He patches you up. He patches you up. And one day, you will walk again with confidence. One day, you will walk again with joy. One day, you will walk again with an anointing that you never thought of because the grace of God has been watching over you. I want to let you know today whoever is listening and you felt that your shepherd did not look for you I want to let you know today that there is a shepherd out there and his name is Jesus and he is concerned about you and today he wants to pick you out because this is what he says in verse 14 of Matthew 18 where we shall close today So it is not the will of your father who is in heaven that one of these little ones perish. It is not the will of God that you perish. It is not the will of God that you are lost. The will of God is that you are found and brought back to the fold. Today God picks you up today that great shepherd seeks you out and says I don't want you to perish, I want you to have life and life in its fullest and Lord of heaven I pray today for somebody who felt lost, for somebody who felt broken, for somebody who felt left alone for somebody who has been out there in the world and they are wondering they left the fold and they are wondering how do I make it back Seek them out, dear Jesus, because you're the great shepherd. And when you find them, touch them up. Anoint them with oil. And they may stand and see the greatness of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our study today. We believe that the world of God is alive and new each day. Open your heart and let God speak to you. You can also access our teachings through our Podbean channel or reach us through our website, BibleInDepth.com.